This is Dr. Aaron Kuzel, and this is the Louisville Pre-Hospital Care Podcast. So now that we've talked about a little bit about toxicology emergencies and some spooky stuff, ABCs, let's talk about the vital signs and why they're vital, especially in toxicologic urgency. Yeah, so um, your vital sign in your physical examination, honestly, is the gold standard for managing a toxicology patient because from the information that you gather from getting vital signs and just your physical exam in general can point you down to a certain or a certain toxidrome. Mm-hmm. So whether it be sympathomimetic, it'd be opioid, it'd be anticholinergic, cholinergic, anything like that. Um, so basically what we're looking for and what's in, or what's important for us in the hospital is if we know a heart rate, a blood pressure, respiratory rate, um, temperature, um, and then as far as your um, physical exam, really what's important and can give us a ton of information is a pupil exam, so meiosis or madriasis, are your pupil small or are they big? Um, peristalsis, so is this person vomiting or are they not moving anything? Are they <laughs> cracking the toilet bowl every time they go to the bathroom <laughs> or, are, or are they not going at all? Um, you know, if you pull up on somebody and they're violently vomiting and they have violent diarrhea and things like that, that might point us towards something. So really, it sounds silly, but, you know, what has this patient done before this point? Were they sitting on the toilet and just having complete blowouts and vomiting and all of this stuff? Or were they, you know, they were having a hard time going to the bathroom for a few days or that kind of thing. If they have heartburn, you know, GI upset, that kind of stuff can let us know. And then the, the last one that really helps us out is, um, is the person sweaty? Are they mm-hmm. sympathomimetically dri- driven? So, what uh, they say? That's the toxicologist's handshake. You just go to someone's armpit and give them a handshake and you figure it out. That's totally what they talk about. I've heard that on MRAP. I'm not making this up. That's the toxicologist's handshake. They figure out how sweaty you are by grabbing your armpit. Oh man, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like you could do that if you want to. I don't, there's other ways. You can you can probably just look at the person and tell them if they're sweaty. Uh, but yeah, so you notice I didn't say O2 sat. So O2 sat is important, but that's more of your ABC stuff. Like if they have a low oxygen sat, you really haven't made it past ABCD, and you need to you know secure A or B in that point. It's useful stuff, but you know it's not going to point me to one toxin or another. Like if you tell me somebody's satting ninety two percent and their blood pressure is two hundred. I, yeah, I know more. I, about, I know more about the blood with the from the blood pressure than I do about the yeah, oxygen exactly. saturation. Yeah, um, so it's not going to give us a ton of information about you know what toxidrome this person might fall within, um, but it is you. You still need to get it. Please get an O2 sat. Um, the other one we talked about is blood glucose. Um, blood glucose is absolutely important. It, it should be in your D. Like you should. This should be part of your primary exam. You should be able to get a glucose and rule that out quickly. The reason that I say it's not that useful is there are a lot of things that can make you hyper and hypoglycemic. It doesn't really point me to a certain agent so I can teach or treat that toxicity. Because yeah, you could have calcium channel blockers or right. sulfonylureas or insulin yeah, you for tell hypoglycemia. Me, you could tell me, like, for instance, I'd tell you the patient's blood pressure is 50 over 20, their heart rate's 42, and their blood glucose is 40. And I'm like, you know, that, that person's very, very sick. I don't know what they did, but they're very sick. It doesn't really give me, like... Specific. what the actual toxin is yes. right exactly so yeah if you could if if you guys just think about that stuff so heart rate blood pressure respiratory rate temperature is a big one uh pupil peristalsis and diaphoresis those are really those will lead us down the right rabbit hole at least if we have that 
And I know you talked a little bit about anticholinergic and cholinergic effects, and you know we'll go into a little bit more detail of this in future episodes. But just to kind of clarify what cholinergic means, cholinergic is going to be like organophosphate. So right. the um, sarin gas is what you're going to expect to see, and is you're going to have this sludge appearance on these patients. So they're going to be salivating, lacrimating, urinating on themselves, defecating on themselves, uh, GI upset, and then um, the E being... Emesis, yeah. vomiting. So I just think of them as a sludge. They're just going to be like Ugh. melting from every orifice <laughs> of like teardrops, vomiting, diarrhea, peeing on themselves. And then anticholinergic is almost going to be kind of like the opposite of right. it. Whereas you have meiosis with, uh, and our small pupils with uh, cholinergic toxicity, you're going to have the opposite. You're going to have mitriasis, which is dilated pupils or blind as a bat, mad as a hatter. So you're going to be angry, aggressive. Um, uh, dry as a beat. They're not going to have any sweating at all. They're going to be very hot to touch, warm to touch, kind of flushed a little bit. Um, and I can't remember the rest of that rhyme. Oh, come on, man. This is the best one. It's, <laughs> it's mad as a hatter. I said mad as a hatter. Oh, I said dry as a, a bat, dry, dry as a bone, blind as, as a bat, mad as a hatter. Red as a beat. Red as a beat. That red was the other. Stone. Hot as a firestone. So, yeah. And that's going to be those total opposite. And those are going to be your anticholinergic. So uh, atropine overdoses, you're going to have... Um, uh, Benadryl can also oh, kind yeah. of show uh, in that sense, or uh, diphenhydramine can show in that type of uh, that acute overdose as well. Yeah, and if anybody's ever picked up a, a true Benadryl overdose, I would say that's probably the most common anticholinergic overdose that we see. If you ever pick somebody up, you remember in, in the you know <laughs> yeah. red as a beat, hot as a firestone, mad as a hatter. I mean, you know, there there's no feet on the ground; they are totally gone. Exactly. So, so in this last part of it, let's let's go through a couple of different common household drugs, household meaning street uh, drugs that uh, you can identify with vital signs alone. Let's say you had a hypertensive and tachycardic patient. What two drugs would you think that was? <laughs> So the first one I think of is methamphetamine. Methamphetamine, especially in this area. <laughs> yeah. Methamphetamine, um, you can certainly see it with like over-the-counter stuff like Sudafed, things like that. Um, some of our sympathomimetic like ADHD drugs, yep. so Adderall, Vyvanse, things like that. But the biggest one, if you see somebody sympathomimetically overdriven, it's probably going to be meth or cocaine. I can't forget. How do I forget that one? Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> I was, I was going to set you up. I was going to say, so they are hypertensive and tachycardic, but they found, you found them at the Omni. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yeah, cocaine. <laughs> Stuff we haven't used in a long time. Yeah. So yeah. what if they were low respiratory rate, snoring respirations, and low respiratory rate and unresponsive? Right. So the big one that you know we see most commonly here is opioid intoxication. So with those patients, yeah, you're going to see decreased respiratory rate. In the later stages, you can see hypotension, maybe some bradycardia. Um, pupils are going to be meiosis. They're not going to have any kind of GI movement. So what's the biggest thing with people that chronically take opioids? They're opioid, always constipated. Opioid-induced constipation. These people are not going to have any of that. And usually they're not going to sweat. As a matter of fact, like, you know, when you give them Narcan, you're going to get pillow erection and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. when they're acutely on opioids, you're not going to see any sweating or things like that. So, and they, yeah. But they might be sweating because of their airway. So I've seen yeah, them sometimes okay, where they're yeah, sweating when they're, they're not breathing that they start to get diaphoretic. Yeah. So that's not always the case. <laughs> or, yeah, good point. You know, like, or they've been down so long that their pulmonary edema has now made them hypertensive. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, so, sweaty. So it's hard to say on that alone. You know, what, what we focus on here is the, the three major causes that we see all the time is going to be opiates, cocaine, and methamphetamine. And then what about if they're unresponsive, slurring their speech, and their vital signs are pretty much normal? 
and they person, smell fruity. That person, my friend, is in DKA. No. <laughs> <laughs> no what or, I mean. or or Burnett's or, vodka. Yes. Or they're drunk. <laughs> yes. Not to be political or anything, but I think they got it right with prohibition. But it was the cat was already out of the bag. Holy crap, dude! <laughs> yeah. Holy crap! You're gonna get fired. <laughs> You're gonna get canceled, man. Look, God I'm, Almighty! I'm what glad kind it's of not. I'm glad it's not. I enjoy my spirits. But yeah, like look at me and say there's no detrimental effects. You're out of your mind. Oh, there's <laughs> plenty of detrimental effects. <laughs> it so, is a toxic, toxic alcohol. It just doesn't kill you as fast as ethylene glycol and uh, um, um, methanol. Yeah, yeah no, usually not as painful, probably. Probably not as painful either, yeah. This concludes part two of toxicology. In the next episode, we'll discuss some common pitfalls with toxicologic emergencies.